Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 224 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a software architect at Tufton Needle, specialising in JS, React and CSS. She is also a Google Developer Advocate for Web Technologies, a panellist on the JavaScript Java podcast and an international keynote speaker. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Amy Knight. Hi, thanks for having me. So Amy, obviously that was pretty much an overview of what you do right now. So could you perhaps give us a little bit more of an insight into your background? And I do understand that you were once a figure skater. I was. Um, I spent a good portion of my life growing up, probably up until up until college, um, as a professional figure skater. So you know, in skating, it's a lot like competitive gymnastics or something like that, where you kind of hit your peak at a very young age, just because you have to be very, very small. And so, yeah, I skated for years and then kind of around the age of like 17 or so made the transition into coaching and judging. I think the plan for my life, kind of my parents envisioned me doing that forever, pretty much. And it wasn't until I think like I saw some of my friends going off to college and I just kind of wondered what else was out there. At that time, I was already uh, enrolled in school. And so it was a little bit too late to change my major, but I ended up in marketing and uh, it was there that I first got introduced to programming. (laughs) Right. Okay. So it's quite a shift away from what you were doing into an IT career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. For sure. It's... um, I was not the girl that was, you know, in front of her computer all the time as a kid. I was more like the person, you know, outside being really active. Um, I would definitely say my personality is, um, I was kind of a bookworm though, like a little bit nerdy and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's, you know, programming was very intriguing to me when I discovered it. Uh, I wish I had discovered it sooner, but I guess like I was saying, it just wasn't something that my family was exposed to. It wasn't something, especially for a girl. I'm I'm the only child and so the only girl in the family. And uh, my mom is like very traditional, likes to knit and sew. And, you know, I just didn't grow up in an environment where that like ever crossed my mind as a career option for myself. Okay, well, we'll probably come back to that later in the interview. But um, can we start maybe with you sharing a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should? My first year after a boot camp, so I did go to a boot camp um, like five years ago, I ended up giving a talk called Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. And that is in life, especially in our careers, especially in programming. Um, that is something I just live by. And It's funny because as a figure skater, I worked with some sports psychologists, and that's where I originally picked that up from, is we would do a lot of prep before our competitions, and um, the sports psychologist that I worked with, he he had a couple sayings, Um, like one of them was like, focus on the controllables, 
there's a lot of things that you literally just have zero control over. And I kind of think like your mental energy is finite. And so if you're spending a lot of your mental energy on things that you just can't affect the outcome of, uh, it kind of takes up space that you could be using to solve technical problems. So like, you know, you can't control what's in the past. You can't control what's in the future. A lot of times you might have like a little bit of control over it, but based on your actions, um, but that's something you would focus on. But his other thing was, yeah, getting comfortable being uncomfortable because I think for the people that have really succeeded in this industry, that is one of the things that they're really good at. In your own case, what, what do you do? How do you get comfortable with being uncomfortable? That was one of those things that I probably through my own reflection, especially, you know, it's uncomfortable learning to program. The boot camp was definitely uncomfortable, but I would say it wasn't until my first year working professionally that I really just felt in the deep end. And I kind of in that first year just stepped back and thought to myself, back to like my life and how, you know, skating wasn't something that although I was somewhat talented and had the right, you know, body type for the sport, it was not something that like, I didn't just get out on the ice and immediately do a triple flip. It took practice and it took me like falling over and over and over again to get it. And a lot of like mentors and things like that really like poured into me and just you know, encourage me to kind of adopt the same mentality that, you know, programming is a lot like other things and it takes practice and getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So. Yes. Okay. I'm just thinking about obviously your, your career as a skater, obviously you, when you try things, you're expecting to fall as well, presumably. So I presume there's some sort of parallel with taking on new things and uh, learning, as you say, new, maybe programming languages or technologies and in the same way that you are, you have to anticipate that there will be times when you will fail and it will hurt. You know, another big takeaway for me as well, when I started learning programming and teaching myself, I really didn't tell many people because I had a lot of doubts just because like I was saying, it was something that was not something that people had really envisioned for me. And so it was like this mental picture that I had never painted for myself. I really felt like out of my element while I was learning. And uh, I just had to learn to embrace that feeling and, and embrace the failure failures and be okay with failing. I think still one of the things that holds people back the most is a fear of failure. And it wasn't until probably like my mid-20s until I realized that failure is probably one of the greatest catalysts in your life. That's um lead us quite well actually into the next question so amy can you perhaps tell us about your worst it career moment and what you learned from that experience there's a couple it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly one because some of them are more you know like a a technical career moment that was pretty bad some of them are more um like emotional and things like that. So, you know, there is the the usual thing, I think that's somewhat, unfortunately, a rite of passage, like deleting the production database. Uh, you know, thankfully, we had backups, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that happens. I wrote a script, and, 
even like put it through, you know, PR review and it got approved. I was junior at the time. It got approved by a senior, but there was a line in there that uh, deleted something that shouldn't be deleted. And it, it, you know, the script was meant to be raw non-production data. So that was, you know, not a fun experience having to go to, you know, the ops team and have them dig through backups and restore everything. So, you know, that's, of course, not a fun moment. And then, you know, more on maybe like a more of like a personal emotional level, I think I didn't always do the greatest job picking the companies that I was going to work at. There were a couple of times where uh, early in my career, I felt very intrigued by the new shiny things. And so I went to work at a place where, um, you know, they had like the latest and greatest technology, but they didn't really have like the rigor of testing and, and that sort of thing that, you know, I think it takes all different personalities. But for me, I realized that I just don't do well in that kind of environment Leaving NPM was a very hard decision for me because starting there at the time when I accepted the offer felt like one of like my greatest accomplishments because it's the kind of company that I think like a lot of people really looked up to at the time when when I decided to accept the offer there. But in hindsight, you know, it's still a startup and there's a lot of things that go along with startup culture. So that was not an easy decision, <laughs> especially because, you know, I had not been there very long. So yeah, those are some, you know, kind of like not great moments. And then one other thing to touch on, I think is, you know, I've been in this industry for five years, which some people might think that's a long time. Some people, to me, it feels like a long time. Others, you know, maybe it's not that long of a time, but, you know, a lot of people have said, well, you know, you've you seem like you've accomplished a lot, but there's been a lot of hardships along the way, like a lot of um, like, quote unquote, missing out on various things in life and just like keeping your head down and potentially to a detriment sometimes in my life where I think I didn't have as healthy of a balance as I needed to have. Now, you know, it was great. I accomplished a lot, but, you know, you have to be cautious about like burning yourself out and things like that. So you do. Yes, very true. Okay, um, so moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? <laughs> yeah, um, maybe if it's okay, I kind of like pick two again. So like I said, landing that job at NPM, that was like so exciting to me because I've always had, I think, a passion for like developer tooling. And so being able to work on something that is not only a developer tool, but something that's used at that scale, I had a ton of respect for the people that I worked with and my teammates there and looked up to them, you know, technically and as just as the people that they are. So working there was like absolutely amazing. Probably like other highlights would be just the opportunities that I've had keynoting conferences and um, being on podcasts, if it's okay, like touching on a, a third thing is, is probably mentoring. That's one of those things that I think it doesn't really hit you like all at once. It more kind of comes in waves, but like kind of reminiscing about my journey and being able to help other people and like see them have those light bulb moments and see them 
accomplish what they set out to do. It's like absolutely amazing to be able to witness that. So like I always, I have my um, Twitter DMs are open so that anybody can message me because I know when I was getting started, I was a little bit intimidated to reach out to people for help and doing so publicly was definitely very intimidating. So having the opportunity to like privately DM someone and ask them questions, so I keep my DMs open so that people can do the same. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me like that. And I will usually like do whatever I can to literally jump on a phone call with them, even if it's like a random stranger and help them. That's, it feels so good. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Yes. Okay. So Amy, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the industry and careers in IT in particular? You know, more and more our economy, whether you're in the US or Europe or anywhere really uh, driven by technology. So anything with all of the in a in a good way, um, like in a way that's morally acceptable, um, using data to help drive decisions, stuff like that. I would also say one thing that excites me about IT is probably the culture behind it. For whatever reason, I think some people tend to think that it is potentially like a hostile landscape right now and. You know, it's unfortunate if that is some people's experiences. For me, it's been an extremely positive experience. So I think, like, I'm excited for other people who, um, like, other women to come in and be able to have, like, a positive experience that I've had. So the opportunity as much as anything else? Yeah. I, I mean, really, that's it. I think the opportunity for people... I guess what I'm probably going with that is I think with IT, self-teaching yourself is becoming, whether it be a boot camp or literally doing something like free code camp, just the barrier to entry into the industry that's allowing people who might not otherwise enter into the industry is extremely exciting to me. Just, you know, kind of the verbiage of encouraging people who might not fit a specific mold. Like, I, you know, I kind of... You know, for me, I was, you know, this figure skater, just not what you would typically picture as somebody who would like fall in love with programming. So I'm excited for more and more people like that to enter the industry and for people to kind of share their stories. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yep. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? So for me, it was like that constant source of new knowledge that you could attain. I'm one of those people, like my personality just thrives on having something I'm passionate about in life. So for a long time, that was skating, and then it became programming. So I think I just really do well having a career that is something that I'm like extremely passionate about. And it's not just a nine to five to me, but it's something, you know, I'm, I'm not in like a rush to get out the door at five o'clock. Now, like <laughs> yes. I love going, I love going to the gym in the evening. So I like getting to the gym, but you know, there are weekends when I will, you know, work on like a, a project or something like that. And being in a field where, you know, a lot of times, the work that we do and our hobbies overlap is pretty cool. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? 
probably going back to the getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. So nobody had said it to me like that, but there were just people pretty much every single step of the way just saying that like you don't have to know everything, take it a day at a time. If you're learning one new thing every day, you're making progress. It wasn't necessarily one person saying one thing, but it was the consensus of hearing that message over and over again. Yep. Slightly more difficult perhaps, but what is the worst career advice you've ever received? Yeah. Again, I, I kind of goes back to what I was saying a moment ago and a feel for people who have not had this experience. But for me, being a woman in tech has been an absolutely phenomenal experience. And so I remember when I was in the boot camp, a woman came up to me and said that in order for me to get anywhere in the industry, I was going to have to act like a, uh, I will say witch, but in the US, if you start that with a B, (laughs) then that is uh, a cuss word. And those were her exact words to me. And I remember just being very like taken back because my personality is just not like that at all especially like as a figure skater, you're judged not just how you present yourself during your five-minute program, but just your general um, personality and the judges really get to know you off the ice and how you conduct yourself. And I'd always been a little bit reserved. So having someone tell me that I was going to have to like change my personality to get somewhere and to have a personality that I was thinking was like a little bit more aggressive than what comes naturally to me. Um, That was not good advice. (laughs) And so (laughs) like fast forward then like two years after that, um, I had some mentors at a job that I was working at and I think they worded it a little bit better for me rather than having it be that like what I would say like aggression, they worded it in a way where they said, you know, your opinion is really valued on this team. And we, you know, we want you to speak up more. We want you to be more assertive with your opinions. And having it worded like that was so much more productive. And and while that was still a little bit of a challenge for me, that was a great advice. <laughs> and if you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? I mean, can I say start it sooner? (laughs) You can, yes. Is that an acceptable answer? Yeah, I think too, when I was at NPM, I got to join the infrastructure team. And I'm the more I get into software, the more I really kind of like nerd out on that sort of thing. So while I absolutely love front end and and what I'm doing at Tuft & Needle now, that is something that in the future I'd like to dig into more. Like as an architect here, I I get to kind of interact with um, DevOps and that sort of thing at a little bit closer level than I have in the past, just being um, like an individual contributor on the front end. But yeah, I might dive into that a little bit more. I think for a lot of people that go the bootcamp route, they kind of see like two career paths and that would be like front end, back end, or, you know, I guess if you want to say three full stack. And there's not a lot of focus on DevOps, infrastructure, that sort of thing. So that would be something that I would encourage people, especially if they're coming from like a non-traditional background to check that out and see if that's something that they're interested in. Yes. Okay. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? 
So the architecture stuff is is very new to me. It's something that I've always been very intrigued by, but being able to uh, step back and look at things at a much higher level is what I'm currently focused on. I'd also say too, because at Tufton Needle, we're, we're hiring a lot. And so um, we are slightly spread thin right now as we're onboarding more and more people and trying to get the team up to where it needs to be size-wise. I am doing a lot more mentoring. Not, I don't have the title of manager, but I'm tech lead on a project. So doing a little bit more of management and people skills and things like that. So it's probably the first time in my career where I'm having to accept the fact that if I'm on a team of, you know, 13 front end engineers, that it's going to be impossible to make everyone happy. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah. So kind of like the softer side of tech and, you know, getting better with that. Sure. Well, that leads into the next question. So what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I would say learning at an early age how to use my mental energy. So like I was saying earlier, um, learning how to use your mental energy wisely. I think sometimes we tend to get very passionate about a topic And uh, while that passion can be a good thing, at the end of the day, you know, we have a job to do. And sometimes those jobs can be very technically challenging and really require uh, a lot of attention and focus. And um, if we've exhausted our mental energy on things that are a little bit more in the emotional realm, which sometimes you do, but you need to know, I think, when to kind of let that go so that you can focus on the technical problems. So that's something that has uh, helped me tremendously. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? Yeah. Uh, the mentoring. Like I, I just, I love, love, love helping people in the community. And just because this, like I've been saying, this was not a career that I ever uh, in my wildest dreams imagined for myself as a little girl, being able to help other people see that, I'm not really, I wouldn't say like I'm some like super genius. I just work really hard and I stay focused and helping other people realize that they have what it takes to that. That's super energizing. (laughs) And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Yep. So the figure skating um, athlete from very early age, and I don't think that will ever not be the case for me. Yeah. I was a big runner for a really long time, running roughly 40 miles a week. It's a lot. And then I would go um, lift at night after work. I recently um, had having foot issues, so I picked up spinning. So uh, just very active in the gym. I spin in the morning for like an hour, and then I still do uh, lifting at night with my boyfriend. Right. Okay. Very active. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome. I love it. (laughs) And Amy, can you share a final piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? I want to be consistent, and rather than come up with something new, just reiterate what I had been saying about getting comfortable being uncomfortable, getting comfortable with failure. I think the more opportunities that you can put yourself in where you will potentially fail, the better you're going to end up. There's a book that I recommend to a lot of people also, which just kind of um, 
it really touches on rather than like following your passion in life, it talks about choosing something that you think could be a viable career for yourself and just working really hard at it until you get good enough. That book is called So Good They Can't Ignore You. I think it was chosen on an episode of Ruby Rogues that I listened to like years ago, like five or six years ago. So that would be my advice. Okay. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I am on Twitter at Amy, A-I-M-E-E underscore Knight with a K. Uh, also on GitHub, um, same thing. It's Amy Knight, no underscore though. And you can also look me up on LinkedIn if you want. Like I said, my Twitter DMs are open. I love being able to help people. So feel free to reach out there. Amy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. It was awesome talking to you too. Thanks for having me. A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. Now that there are three new episodes of the show every week, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out. And don't forget to join the new IT Career Energizer community group in Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey, your successes, opinions, and thoughts on the future of the industry. Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.